Hailing frequencies open and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and contrary to popular belief, death by spear is ironically one of the leading causes of death on a Federation starship. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the show, and welcome to your cat as well, who I think I just heard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's trying very hard to break in, um, but I locked my door, so we're safe. Yeah, you got a longer path to showbiz than that, buddy, so get on <laughs> it. Uh, is, that, uh, is that Ripley, or who is that? Uh, that's my cat. His, oh, that's uh, your cat. Given Christian name is uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Okay. I see. <laughs> well, he's going to find a way under that door somehow. So <laughs> I know. He'll lose his hat along the way, but it'll be fine. <laughs> his little little kitty hat paw comes back for it. Um, <laughs> well, Ella, we're uh, in the third week of 23 weeks of Trek uh, with this episode <laughs> of Lower Decks. And I thought that we would uh, maybe talk about a little Trek news before we get rolling. Sure. You are my apparently biggest source of Chuck news as we learn <laughs> every season. Well, so, I'm uh... glad to keep you up to date. <laughs> uh, I have heard that and this is a rumor, but I'm pretty sure it's true. It's not from one of those, one of those sites, you know, uh, that CBS all access might be called Paramount plus when they do their big rebrand coming up early next year. I mean, it definitely has more, more pleasing alliteration than yeah. all access. So I will give it that. <laughs> yeah, they're going, it's almost like a different direction. Like CBS all access is so comprehensive, you know, it's a little, little clunky uh, and it tells you everything that you need to know really, I guess, about their service and switching it to now emphasizing the Paramount side, uh, their Paramount brand and calling it plus is like, oh, we got, you know, like Disney plus and I don't Showtime Plus or something. I feel like there's a lot of pluses out there. So this is just them uh, saying, yeah, let's let's just do that. You know, I mean, I think she needs a makeover, a small one, maybe a little bit of a makeover. And uh, honestly, I feel like Paramount is a better name for a streaming service anyways, because CBS, you're like, what do I watch on CBS? Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of people, the good fight. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, young Sheldon. My, my mother does. <laughs> CSI, the entire CSI franchise. Uh, Magnum PI. Uh, call it, uh, yeah, P, uh, Magnum PI Plus or something. Um, they got Magnum PI on CBS All Access? Yeah, don't they? They better. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. News <laughs> well, me. I know what you're doing after I mean, this. I mean, I, yeah, all I watch is Star Trek, so I've never, I've literally never looked for anything else. I mean, they own the property. But, I'm pretty sure that I've seen it on there. Um, but they own the property, right? They have the rebooted show on CBS, so I just assume that they um, probably own the original one, too. But yeah, I think they're kind of focusing more on their uh, bombastic movies and uh, the, the um, uh, content and stuff that they are uh, bringing in there. So maybe, yeah, maybe this is a better way to go. But, you know, just something, something other than plus paramount um i guess it i don't is do not, this for a yeah living. it's not super unique yeah but i guess you're right it's like plus disney plus yeah but it's more. also it's it's that thing where it's like you know I, you know exactly right away when you say oh it's something something plus you, oh that their digital mm-hmm. streaming offering 
yeah, paid streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's the best way to go. Um, also, recently uh, in an interview with somebody, I'm going to assume it was Gold Derby or something like that. Of course, uh, Alec- of course. Alex Kurtzman, whose job just seems to be to be interviewed uh, these days. He's just doing interviews all over the place. <laughs> but he said recently in an interview that uh, Strange New Worlds will have a focus on more uh, Planet of the Week TOS style stories and a return to the optimism of earlier Trek series. Aww. Putting That's that, so uh, nice. Yes, that um, musky teddy bear Anson Mount uh, where he belongs <laughs> on a ship doing, oh, li- really doing nice things for aliens and uh, yeah pretty much giving you exactly what uh, what you'd probably expect and exactly what we need you know it wouldn't hurt I don't know about it, you it certainly wouldn't hurt right now that's true <laughs> um I uh I don't know I- I'm sure even on a on a fluffy show you can get mm-hmm. um some darkness um, when we're introduced oh, to Pike, really the only the two times that we're introduced to Pike, the cage, and then of course the menagerie, uh, <laughs> there's some dark stuff that happens in the cage. And then of course when he returns in the menagerie, or we see him for the first time, depending on whether you watch the pilot or not, um, you know he's uh, he's in a real bad place. So it's interesting that that character is so associated with tragedy, but they're like, you know what? What if he was just like riding a rainbow around the universe, just helping people and doing Star Trek stuff? I think that's um, that's an interesting choice, especially for a character uh, or an actor who has spent so much time um, doing dark stuff. You know, like I don't know if you ever watched Hell on Wheels, but that's a <laughs> that, that's a rough show. Uh, and so it, I think it's going to be interesting to see him just, uh, you know, just be that uh, everybody's uh, everybody's dad uh, Star Trek captain character. Space dad. I like it. I mean, I feel like he's such a, he's a very like classic hero type person. And then I feel like um, if you have a show that's more, more fluffy than yeah. when you do have those moments that are like deep and dark, they hit so much harder. Yeah. That I feel like it'll really work. Plus I liked what they did with him in disco where he had to like, deal with the weight of like knowing like his future yeah and also and just so, <laughs> yeah and him taking over for a captain who speaking yeah. of dark <laughs> whoa you know like he's probably the darkest <laughs> captain we've ever had so yeah like if he you know if he learns his future and then he's just you know on the enterprise focusing on like doing the best he can i think that's really i mean i'm excited yeah Although, come on, like we have to see him, you know, wrestle his uh, his shirtless mirror counterpart or, or something like that. Oh, gotta, I'm sure. Yeah, I, gotta, I mean, that is a requirement. <laughs> we got to arrange to have I'm that happen. Certain it's in the contract. Start your letter writing campaign now. <laughs> well, we've just seen the third episode of the new animated Star Trek series, Lower Decks. Uh, it's an ep- episode called Temporal Edict. And we're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning, listeners. We're setting a course for the spoiler zone. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for this episode for Temporal Edict is a new work protocol eliminating buffer time has the Cerritos crew running ragged as they try to keep up with their tightened schedules. Ensign Mariner and Commander Ransom's mutual lack of respect comes to a head during an away mission. 
episode was written by Dave Elenfeld and David Wright. It was directed by Bob Suarez. The star date for the episode is 57501.4 and also, of course, features a look at the far future uh, and an and, uh, un, undetermined time. And um, I tried to look for some interesting aspects to this episode, but, you know, these things are coming um, fresh, hot off the press. So it's, uh, it's a little rough. Can you think of anything that we saw in this episode that we'd never seen before? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to say, like, especially with the timer thing, you know, yeah. not super, not shocking, not brand new. Um, I still really enjoyed it. I don't think I don't. I can't is the answer to your question. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm not mad about it. I was thinking, you know, I, I often uh, research sites like Memory Alpha for this. And mm-hmm. Mike McMahon has... I don't think that he's ever said, you know, um, gun to his head, uh, Lower Decks is canon. But he's talked a lot about delivering a a canon-like show or a show that is not just like fanfic. It is canon. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that we can probably assume that this is like a minus canon. Like if they, you know, establish that, like, is there, are there now uh, tricorders with purple stripes and that's going to be in the thing going forward? Uh, we don't know. Um, but you know, it's possible. And so I was wondering like if, if this should be, if lower decks information should be on memory beta and not memory alpha. (laughs) Um, are we really to assume, you know, when we see this thing, that's a bit, it's a joke really when they see the future, like, is this, oh, this is like 2782 and crewman Daniels is just off screen and we're, uh, you know, we're learning about uh, the time that Ensign Boimler uh, created the <laughs> the slack off rule. I do feel like I feel like some of it is like, OK, for the canon of it all, like take it with a grain of salt. But I feel like a lot yeah. of it, I'm kind of assuming, you know, I feel like that's how it is with like a lot of like, let's say, I mean, dare I say, um Somebody once told me that there's an episode of Salamander Babies, and like all I'm saying is, <laughs> like it happened, but I don't think we have to. <laughs> I don't think we we need to consider it as straight fact. You know, yeah. sometimes it's it's storytelling. There's some narration going on. Whose point of view? It's like here's a weird comparison. Harry Potter. That's from the point of view of Harry and the boy. He is so <laughs> oblivious. He doesn't notice. <laughs> Anything. Anything could be happening in that series beyond what Harry is noticing. Right. So I feel like there's some stuff where I'm like, that's what Boimler thinks is going to happen. Sure. Okay. Maybe I, not. I, I but yeah, see that. Yeah. I think canon A minus memory beta. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. That's a good point. There's a lot of things uh, in regular Star Trek shows that are probably considered a minus canon that they would uh, <laughs> happily forget that ever happened if they could. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for my uh, information. So we should just probably get right into it. What do you think about Temporal Edict? I really liked it. I'm enjoying the show um, like so much. And I don't know if it's just because like um there's this pandemic i don't know if you've heard of it i don't know if i'm just so enjoying yeah, i think this, i think i like, saw something about that yeah something about it um this like lit- light literal cartoony version of star trek um more because of that um you know i definitely wouldn't say this is my favorite episode out of the three but i i had a lot of fun watching it i don't know 
I this episode raised a lot of questions for me, um, <laughs> just about like the setting and mm-hmm. kind of what's like what we're watching, like what's on sale. Like if you watch, well, forget like the pilot of TNG because you know not it's, uh, the show changed a lot since the pilot. But as it goes on, it becomes clear. Okay, this is a show about like uh, Captain Picard and Riker and Troy, and I guess Jordy. And and data and not really war for Yar so much and then also Wesley will keep popping up and kind of annoy you uh, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel about him and I'm trying to get a sense of like who who's the, like the star of this show like obviously Mariner is a big star and Boimler mm-hmm. is is kind of a big focus but like is it just them because we're introduced to Tendi you know coming onto the ship and that that seems like that would be such a a typical oh here's the new character it's their first day. Um, kind mm-hmm. of character and yeah we're only three episodes in but we just haven't seen a lot from her um, and I expect you know in the future there will be an ep- uh, episode that really focuses on her but this is like a episode that like really focused on the captain really focused on the first officer and kind of like spread it around a lot and I'm not like I'm not criticizing that I think that's probably a good idea but I'm just wondering like if they who do they think like the main character of the show is mm-hmm I mean, I think I was a little surprised by how much the, like, high-ranking officers, like, had, I mean, not like they had too much screen time, but I definitely noticed this episode where I was like, oh, I want to go back to, like, let's lean back a bit. I want to see, you know, like, more of Tandy, more of everyone else. Get back to our Um, lower decks characters. Yeah, exactly. But I also feel like, Star Trek is just kind of one of one of those shows that has like an ensemble cast, and so like I feel like yeah. the main character sometimes the main character is very clear, and sometimes it's not. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sh- like I'm certain we'll get a big. They'll all have like episodes where it's like, oh, like this is a this is a Boimler episode for sure. I definitely feel like Boimler and Mariner are the stars. I guess Boimler. So far. Of course, uh, is who plays Boimler? Jack Quaid. Yeah, uh, the and he's like Randy or not Randy Quaid. He's Dennis Quaid's son, right? I <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, all that is correct. Everything I said is correct. He is mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's yes. uh, kid. Um, actors who just it just seems like they are probably in black and white movies to you, right? <laughs> from a long I don't time know. Ago. I'm names. I'm so bad. <laughs> I grew up watching uh, movies like Inner Space, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and Meg Ryan movie. Uh, Sleep is in Seattle. There you go. So it just um, made me think of that. Um, yeah, like uh, like Boimler, for instance. Okay, so we have mm-hmm. this whole thing. There's this thing called uh, w- uh, what is it called? Creative estimating or buffer time, and that mm-hmm. is. That's kind of like taking an established Star Trek thing that we've seen and trying to put a comedic spin on it. Um, I'm a little disappointed they didn't call it like Scotty time or something like that. Because <laughs> we've that established in several places that, uh, yes, Commander Scott or whatever his rank is at the time uh, often sometimes inflates his estimates because he is going to make make himself seem like a, um, a miracle worker. And so we... Uh, buffer time gets eliminated on the ship and now everybody has to do their tasks on time and apparently I'm just going to assume that the estimated time to complete a task is way off because nobody ever reports the correct time because if this mm-hmm. is shouldn't they be able to accomplish all this like they 
you know, they're Starfleet officers. I think it's interesting that Boimler is the only guy who maybe he doesn't have enough duties, but he's the he's fine with this change and he navigates it well. And the fact that he is always put in the position where whatever he does is wrong. And then when a condition of wrong is set across the ship, he thrives in it. Is he the villain of this of this series? Oh, they're clearly positioning no. Mariner as this amazing hero of the series. And because he is just like the polar yin yang opposite of her, like, is he is he the bad guy? No, they're smart in different ways. We went over it <laughs> when he got all slimed. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a yeah, he's got a dick. You know, IQ tests, they don't measure everybody's intelligence. You have a different kind of intelligence. Yeah. I just I, I he's always I wonder if he will ever be a part of the team or if he's just always going to be on the outside looking in. Because like a, awkward because we've like <laughs> I read another I got to stop reading articles and interviews with Mike <laughs> McMahon, but he said in a thing that I read the other day that uh it was a priority as a quote from him, to never have somebody in Starfleet be stupid or dumb. And I'm like, I, you don't really mean that. Like, we've already seen people be stupid or dumb on the show, right? But the fact that that is a guiding principle for you, I don't know. I heard I heard a user, th- th- this wasn't him, I heard a user say about the show the other day that it's a, oh God, I'm going to blow the quote. But he said basically it's a comedy, but it's not a spoof. So they are doing, it is a Star Trek show, that they want to be funnier than your regular Star Trek show, but they are not doing like a parody or a spoof. And that really like, that really disappointed me because I thought that that's... <laughs> you want it to be a parody? We've got a ton of Star Trek shows. Every Star Trek show is a Star <laughs> Trek show. Even the, the, the Millennium Falcon gritty ass, you know, Picard show that we were supposed to get, like just turned into a Star Trek show. They're all Star Trek shows. Like give <laughs> us something... Like I didn't love the 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 short trek, uh, the triple short trek with the triple commercial and all that, but like they were going, okay, wait a minute, this is this wall is soft, we can push right through this wall, and there's like comedy on the other side, like we can do anything we want, and this is just like the Orville with like you know cleaner jokes. I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you're gonna make a start, like I feel like parody might not suit star trek so well and here's why um you can make i feel like you can make a very different kind of star trek than what has been previously made but i feel like at its heart like if you change like a parody would change like the core like philosophies of star trek i feel in a way that might not work unless you have like the like sweet like aw shucks moment at like the end I don't know. I feel like, do you like parodies of like other stuff? Like, do you will you watch like a parody movie? Yeah. For real? What's that? Are like, you, actually, you, like, do, are you like? Oh, would I watch a, a parody movie? Yeah, it's yeah. called Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I've seen it, <laughs> and it's great. Um, it's like the it's like one of the best Star Trek movies. You know, I feel like it might be the exception to what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I feel like. I've, well, we also need more. You know, we're three episodes in. Yeah. I feel like I like I really like what he said about uh, punching up. Like it'd be very easy for him to make fun of Trek in ways that like wouldn't necessarily be super entertaining or like fun. Well, I haven't like I feel read. Like that's why 
Yeah. I haven't read every tweet on the season eight account, but like that he made, <laughs> but I'd imagine that a lot of it makes fun of the kind of things that you see in TNG and in Star Trek. And so I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he got hired to do that, to make a show that kind of makes fun of Star Trek. But then apparently he was told by his bosses that he couldn't do that. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll be interviewing him soon. Uh, because he also <laughs> talks to everybody, but I just, I just feel like it's, I don't want to call them cowards, but yeah. here we are. Like they're spending but so much okay. money on this. Every single Star Trek show that was supposed to have a new premise, except for DS9, although they did add the Defiant to the show, just turns into Star Trek again. You know, they're flying from planet mm-hmm. to planet. They're, they're having week to week shows. And they can never get away with that, even when they make the entire show like Voyager about not doing that, and they end <laughs> up doing that again. And now here we are. We've got a show that, you know, you can literally make fun of the fact that we, why are we just flying away from this planet? Like, their whole civilization's on fire. You know, you could do whatever you want, and yet they're just doing Star Trek again. And they spent so much money on it that I don't know why they just keep making Star Trek Star okay, Wars has no kind of... Star Wars has no problem being funny. Star Wars has no problem being tragic or uplifting or for kids. Like Star Wars mm-hmm. can be anything, but Star Trek can mm-hmm. only be itself. And I think that's a problem. I'm coming I'm I'm warming up to this a bit. I'm coming over to your side a tiny bit. I have my foot over the line. Um <laughs> I see. <that. laughs> I'm like stab it. I feel like Oh my god. No. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm hesitating because I want to see so many more like I'm waiting for more episodes yeah. where I feel like he's kind of making fun like he's having a bit of fun. It's like he's kind of teasing like Trek, but I'm definitely curious to see if he goes like farther with it. I also just like I don't know. I, 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 I think maybe I've said this last week. I really like something that is made with like love. And so I feel like it's hard for some people to make fun of something that they love without it becoming like mean. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think that the, the possibility to be mean or to have somebody be a little like, okay, all right. Like that, I think that has to exist, mm-hmm. you know, in comedy. And spe- well, like I, Galaxy Quest, though, is like made with like love for sci fi while knowing that it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And I feel like that's why it's so good and why so many people like it. And yeah. so I feel like it's, it's, for, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard line to well, walk. It, yeah. And it does. And it really it gets to cut both ways and it, yeah. like, you know, and walks a tightrope because. It, it sort of makes fun of fan culture in the, you know, get a life sort of way, but also mm-hmm. the plot of the movie and it's for the fans, but the plot of the movie incorporates fans into it, you know, and they become mm-hmm. integral to the whole conceit of this being like, it's not real. No, no, it's all real. It's like totally real. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like, I mean, you can only do that in that situation. I mean, Star Trek can't really do that. Don't Star Trek. Do not make a show where you come to earth and <laughs> like you're a TV show, but you're also real. Don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, these these are the kind of things that are going through my head because, you know, we've never had a Star Trek mm-hmm. comedy show before. And the fact yeah. that we're 50 years in and we're just getting a comedy show, I think these are, are valid things to talk about. But we, we should talk about some of the funny things that did happen in this episode. <laughs> I don't know why. Why would they Why would they ask the Crystal people to be part of the Federation? They, clearly, they have a lot of things to work out about their differences uh, with the Wood people and uh, their aggression. They're so angry. 
<laughs> just see one I little mean, log did... and they just lose it. <laughs> they see a campfire and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, no. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Please stop. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I liked uh, – <laughs> I thought it was funny. I didn't really understand why only when she – uh, you know, authorized buffer time. Then suddenly everybody has, nobody was really working on their projects. They were all running for their lives, but now they have time to like team up and stop everybody. But that was kind of funny. Um, I like, but I like just the kind of random stuff. Like I like the guy, I can't remember if it was Rutherford or not, but if somebody looked like him who was moving something and then he knocks over this barrel of acid and it just eats a hole in the deck. And he's like, Oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just like the kind of general, general chaos. Um, I also really liked the uh, the pairing. Now let me get this straight: the pairing mm-hmm. of Ransom and um, uh, just forgot a Mariner uh, mm-hmm. on the planet, and they're both like they don't say this outright. One of the few times the show doesn't make a reference, uh, but they're like uh, they both want to be the Kirk, right? Somebody's got to take their shirt mm-hmm. off and like fight this mm-hmm. thing, and they both want to do that. And I thought that was funny, and I thought that him pulling rank on her and also like stabbing and disabling her he's like no <laughs> yeah he did i'm both. the commander i get to be the kirk like i thought i thought that was that was really funny i yeah i'm really enjoying but, this show for real <laughs> is she gonna end up with this chad no i don't know it seemed like they're they gonna were have like- for that well, I mean, yeah, they're definitely going to have like moments. They're going to keep doing the whole like, oh my god, we're this is so intense, and we're are we are we flirting? Oh my god! But I don't think they're going to be like a couple. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, like you know, just like you know, uh, friends with benefits, fine, but no, no couple. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it's going to keep. It's going to continue. The bit will continue yeah. because they're such opposites, but. No, I don't think. Because who's Endgame? Let's be real. Let's, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Let's say that she's that she's gonna have a like whatever a romance subplot. Be real. Who's Endgame? Um, I don't. I don't see anyone right now. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why I was worried about Ransom. Not that we need one, but mm-hmm. if she was going to be with somebody, I think it's just too cheesy to, to put her with Boimler, right? And plus, it just doesn't That's what work. I was going to say. I was like, that's clearly, that is what. They're just not, they I don't mean, maybe work. not this season, maybe next season. Yeah. But I, but also, like, man, I hope they're not going to do her with the XO, but I don't know. That's the only really viable candidate I see so far. Uh, just, you know, if you're going to go opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You know what? Good point. They could do a ton of high concept fights together. <laughs> they could. I feel like it is a little cheesy to have her and Boimler be Endgame, but I feel like it could work. I don't know. That's why I was like, be honest. If if she if Endgame is to have her with a partner, I feel like it, it's the, it's in the stars. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Um, I'm not ready to take any action on that just yet, but uh, I think it's definitely um, possible. Uh, what do you think the schedule is like on a Starfleet ship? Um, <laughs> like you, like, like you how pro- many shifts there are? Yeah, but no, just like a regular day. Like you show up for your shift, and then mm-hmm. it's um, you know work on. We've got a long, maybe a long distance project we're working on. Um, mm-hmm redesigning you know a shuttlecraft or something but then also 
Somebody calls in, there's hot bananas coming out of their replicator or something, so you gotta go <laughs> deal with that. Like, how much do you think people actually get done in a work day? I mean, how much, how much does anyone get done on a work day? <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would, uh, both be comforted and a little little depressed if the 24th century uh, workday and sense of accomplishment was similar to the 21st century one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got to like, eliminate you greed, do your work. Uh, hunger, and also just people being satisfied, you know, clicking on cat pictures all day. If we can get rid of all three of these things, maybe we can really <laughs> get off this planet. Listen, you got to save the world, but sometimes you just have to check your turnip prices in Animal Crossing twice a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. yeah, got to just dig um, for more uh, uh, holes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, the captain's mad because all the fruit coming out of his replicator is boiling hot for no reason. But sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh, what today I do get to work on my like super futuristic this is the new shuttle that i'm helping design but then it's like you have to send the ensign down to like you know someone's sonic shower there's like real water coming out of it and you're like this isn't supposed to be possible (laughs) (laughs) but you have to fix it this is a disaster (laughs) hang on there's water coming out of the shower (laughs) i was wondering if it's it is it pure sound or uh is it water but it's enhanced with sonic properties do you know what i mean like in in jewelry in uh what what's what is the infinitive of jewelry in the jewelry industry they they use uh ultrasonic waves in water to clean pieces sometimes when you got a piece that you can't uh do you can't get into or do too much to because it's delicate they sort of buzz it all out so i just thought that it was Mm -hmm. like water but you know, it was extra sonic. <laughs> Isn't there a scene with Bolana though, where she like turns on the shower and then she just kind of stands there? And she, yeah, yeah, I, I, you're probably right. They had that. Yeah, they built I would that. Hope. It was. I think that was the pregnancy season. They built like a bathroom set God. for for Roxanne for some reason, and so like half a dozen times throughout the season, something had to go wrong in her bathroom, where she'd get sick and go throw up in her bathroom <laughs> just to justify the cost. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, f- I would be very, honestly, I have never thought about it because the idea of having to take a sonic shower is, is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Can you imagine that you just have to stand there? Like what, where does all the, if you're like all grimy from sweating in the Jeffries tubes all day, what I don't understand. If it's a lot faster than like a water shower, I could see the value, but otherwise sometimes that's like, you want to just spend time in the shower. It's warm, you know, it's relaxing. I know. I you're feel like of- that. They should put caffeine in the water. Do you know what I mean? Like you're trying oh to wake God. up. But we also, you know, we see Janeway take baths and we see people luxuriate. Yeah. So maybe if it was just really fast, then it's like, okay, I'm clean. But like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm tense. So later on after my shift, I'll come back and like take a bath mm-hmm. or something. I feel if like I a hot time. shower is like a... <laughs> <laughs> I like how the Catherine, the captain basically like authorizes the purge at the end of the episode. So suddenly <laughs> everybody just goes crazy and just uh, knocks out all these aliens just a hot shower is such a it's like a it's like a weird core like ape memory like i feel like i'm just like yes i need to get in the waterfall yeah and like scrub my face like (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well i think that's all i had to say for the most part about the show um 
you know, we, we go to the, I, we go to the end of the, of the, or the, the flash forward to the future and we see their, uh, their statue of uh, Miles O'Brien. You know who they'd never have a statue of? Harry Kim. <laughs> I think I mean, if they oh, just had a statue no. of Harry Kim with his clarinet and they're like, Ensign Harry Kim did a lot of stuff in his time. But of course he's still Ensign. <laughs> he never Kim got promoted. never got a promotion. <laughs> yeah. That was my, my girlfriend wrote that joke. <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. At the beginning of this episode, I got so excited when she said we're en route to Cardassian Prime. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, 2.5 seconds later, it was like, you don't get to go to Cardassian Prime. This is you're the crappy ship. And I was like sitting with my roommate on the couch and I was like, no. <laughs> right. Because she's never seen Star Trek. I was like, Gabby, get ready. It's going to be so sick. They're, they're all lizards <laughs> and they're all mean and, and Slytherins, like literally. Right. Which is awesome. Uh, but like. The, on the show, they're like the Cardassians are creeping everybody out. So is that <laughs> what, what what direction punching is that? Is that punching up or, or down? I mean, that's kind of making fun of a lot of people like the Cardassians. What about Garrick? I mean, is yeah, Garrick but, creepy? Like, I love Garrick's totally, he, yes, he is. Garrick's totally creepy. By the way, <laughs> he's so creepy. <laughs> In my bad faith and, argument, and I love him for it. He's absolutely creepy. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like that's just punching. It's not punching up or down. It's just punching because that was just a yeah. funny thing to I say. i got to learn all the directions of, <laughs> of punching, I guess. Uh, well, that's pretty much uh, covers it, I think. I mean, these are only a half an hour. It's, we can't go that long. Um, but, yeah, I think, we, I think we wrapped it up. So that's it for our show this week. And thank you for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTpod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both this show, Discoverage, and our home show, Enterprising Individuals, are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or drop us an email at EISTpod at gmail.com. Also, while you're on the Internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed. Give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out. And if you want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Ella, when you listen to podcasts, assuming you do, you, I'm probably too mm -hmm. cool for podcasts, what service do you <laughs> use? Are you an I iTunes-er? Um, Are you a, a, a Spotify-er? I'm a, I'm, I, to be honest, it's either... Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Okay, okay. Because I uh, I have been reliably informed that um, Spotify you can't really like review something on Spotify. You just sort of you know subscribe to it and listen to it. Yeah, it's not the best. It is not. It they they really don't cater to podcasts. But the <laughs> yeah, are on there. <laughs> yeah. If something's inevitably going wrong with um, Apple Podcasts, if you're like me, and yeah. you just use it because it's there. <laughs> Well, all these years I've been begging people to uh, give us a rating on their platform. But if everybody uses Spotify, mm -hmm. then it's been falling on deaf ears. So if you do like the show and you want to honor us somehow, I don't know, just like one of our tweets or something like that. Uh, Discoverage will return on August 27th for the fourth episode of season one of Lower Decks. It's entitled Moist Vessel. And this might be it. This might be the one that breaks me. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> But we'll be back next week. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central. So join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EISTpod to check 
to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. And in the meantime, check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, which is at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I'm joined by a special guest to discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. And we also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. Our latest episode just dropped, and on it, I'm joined by Dr. Ethan Siegel, the author of Treknology, and we discuss the technology of Star Trek and the interesting fact that many of the technologies we see in the 24th century are actually possible, or at least plausible, in our own century. You can check out that interview at enterprisingindividuals.com. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode. Remind people where they can find you online. Thank you. Um, our podcast, Generations Geek, is Generations Geek, wherever you listen to podcasts and on all social media. So go and check that out. Any idea mm-hmm. what the next episode's going to be about? Um, there's a few that we need to follow up. We're going to have Catching Fire coming up. We should have oh. um, the last in our Alien series coming up pretty soon. Um, I just moved and got two new jobs. So <laughs> we're a little slower than usual, but yeah. it will be coming. Yeah, well. Pay attention to that, people, for new episodes of that. And that is it for us for this week. Thanks for listening. We're signing off. And this is Aaron for Ella saying, live long and prosper. Prosper.